It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or crestwooddental.com. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is another episode of the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 1057 The Point, and our friend from down the hall, former blue defenseman, and uh, doing the midday show on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter, our good buddy Jamie Rivers. What's up, dudes? Hello. I heard you uh, from out at the Centene over there was yes, uh, yesterday or something like that. How was that out there broadcasting from out there? I bet that's badass because I've seen the broadcast happen at the alumni game. Yeah, but, that's right. You were yeah, part of that. You're mean, all, that's right. Jeff was hanging on the showers again. He I was, was so happy. <laughs> he got a media pass. Yeah. And he was like, uh, hey, Brian Trotzia, yeah, yeah, you're in the shower. Eh? I just want to ask you a couple questions about the game tonight. Right. Shane Corson, who would have thought? Jewish. I yeah. didn't know. <laughs> you, you, all of these questions could have been asked be- sure what that means. before yeah. the shower, but right, you just yeah. wanted to wait for the timing of it all. I get it. Oh, I get God. it. I just want to see how everybody's progressed in 20 years. I haven't seen Corson in a while. He wasn't even there. Why do I keep saying Shane Corson? I don't, I don't know, like, but he's wow. definitely been one that you have singled out. Everything does. Does right. go gray. <laughs> Shane Corson, yeah. Not that's kidding. a random pick. Oh, not yeah. kidding. Holy you telling cow. me. Yeah. You would have played with the guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dude, and Jeff was telling me about my teammates. <laughs> and you were on the hockey teams with him, too. I was right? in the, and I was actually allowed to be in the shower. <laughs> Dude, when I, when I, this is a total Sir, change. this is a press pass, not a shower pass. <laughs> this is a total change of subject, completely on purpose. soap on a rope. But I was sitting behind a guy the other night at the Blues game on Thursday that had a Craig Conroy jersey on. Wow. Like, I don't blame him. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like. Don't I'm, shame him, no, Donnie. No, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. shaming, but like, I think that's the only one of those I've ever seen in my Was life. Was it actually Craig Conroy? <laughs> oh, I'm, oh. <laughs> Were we playing the Calgary <laughs> Flames? <laughs> he was wearing his own jersey. To Maybe the it's the former yeah. Fox 2 reporter, wait, Sean wait. Conroy. That's a Jim Campbell move be. to wear your own jersey. Yeah. <laughs> but he used to true. wear it to the bar. Right oh. after the game, Jim Campbell. I was the bar. Wow. Why would you do no, that? You don't need joke. to do that. Oh, it's a joke. He was acting. He was acting like the dudes on the basketball team in the high school movies. You know, like if it's game day, right. they're walking around with their basketball uniforms on and a ball in and, World Civ class. And Come also, on. And also, too, that shit ain't fair because you're already an effing hockey player. Right, yeah. So, so you already have like twelve legs up in the first place. You don't need to wear the jersey. No, that's true. Once they find out that you're the, where, there, you are. They'll just start to flock to you. Yeah, it's always good to be. Jim Campbell, isn't it? 
Well, maybe not always. (laughs) Half the time. (laughs) We have for as much crap as we talk on that guy, we've got to get him in here. Yeah. Like, for real, so that we can do it in person. Trying to get him, trying to nail him down is like trying to nail dog poop to the wall. (laughs) I mean, it seems like an okay idea until you start doing it, then it gets messy. He's got weird stuff going on in Canada, don't you? Yeah, well, we just got a puppy, so, you know. I've been trying to do some recreation around the house. Okay, before Hang we... on, hang on. I want to answer his question. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we fly off the rails so yeah. quick. What did I even ask? I don't uh, remember. Something about Shane Corey. No, uh, it's actually... <laughs> no, the studio over at Centene. And oh, yeah, I, yeah. I did want to take a second to talk about this because, man, what a studio. Yeah. It's awesome. Seriously, to be in the practice rink now, especially with all the buzz around the blues, and people are in and out. Like, remember how it used to be at Hardy's when it first began? Mm -hmm. Like, people would show up, you know, 40, 50 people to practice on just a random day. Well, that's what's going on now at Centene, and it's exciting. It's cool. And we have uh, 314 Social. They're the restaurant inside. They open up for, like, lunch for people who go to the blues uh, practices or for some of the staff or people that are nearby in some of the offices or even the casino that want to come over for lunch. Well, you add the studio – you have the people. You have three one four social. It's like a little village that's kind of mall. Awesome. It's it, like yeah, it's a like a mall. mall. It yeah. really, and you have a house account there, so we can just put it on the Rivers account, right? Uh, so actually, you just charge it to Stalter. Stalter. <laughs> uh, he's the oh, primary the on the account. The guy with the money. Yeah. yeah he, and he's he said it's just fine to charge it. Stalter. Do you think Creef Corps regrets it all that that's not in their backyard as opposed to Maryland Heights? As with the with the with the facility being done and the tax dollars that that has to be. Yeah. Raking in, I mean, like, because I, I was I, I was listening to, to radio yesterday, and they were talking about what they're going to do with that area of Creef Core. Now that there's obviously no ice rink there, and I always wonder, like, do people have like regrets? Like, yeah, boy, oh boy, this we seems like something that could have benefited that. our city a lot. Yeah, yeah but you know, here. the biggest issue wasn't that. The biggest issue was the wildlife yeah. fa- uh, foundation or whatever they were. The, the people here who handle the out- outdoor living, and I know you're a big outdoors guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were just like, we put a building here. We're cutting into you know some of the walking trails, some of this, some of the stuff we have going on here. So like so, Department of Conservation, those yeah, kind of, I, the, yeah. I can't remember the exact thing. Missouri I'm probably Park, butchering something. the hell out of it, but <laughs> it, it did come down to that where people are like, we don't want an ice rink in you know our beautiful outdoor area. And so when push came to shove, it was like, okay, well it's not happening. Yeah. But then Hollywood Casino. Pretty smart guys who run that over there because they were like, okay, guess what? We have a huge patch of land here that we own. We're going to donate it to the St. Louis Blues. Here you go. You can have the land. Now, you got to build it. You do everything. You build it out. But you can have the land. However, when you have these national championships, when you have these massive tournaments, when you have these big blues training camp and events, We'd like it if you start directing traffic over to our hotels and restaurants, please. Okay. Hey. All right. right. Imagine oh, okay. that, right? Yeah. So literally, we're gonna build. We're gonna let you build something so you can spoon feed us business all the time. And these hockey tournaments are massive, guys. Oh yeah, they you got get, a hotel there. The right? Hotel, yeah. all the restaurants, and mm-hmm. you know damn well. People are like, ah, I'm just going to go grab a bite to eat. Ah, I'll throw 20 on black. Sure, yeah. Oh, I'm down. Okay, I'm going to throw 40 on black because i got to catch up now. Right. <laughs> well, you know how that works. So over the course of time, this partnership is going to be great. And because of the way the Blues have done the outdoor rink there, and, and you know this, Donnie, they, that transforms into a music venue. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So that's going to be, and I just, I envision this, and you can straighten this out because you know more than me about this, but I envision like when they have those big, uh, festivals, right? Like the fans warp to when that, that stuff came through, even Point Fest. 
I know they used to have like the side stage, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. I could see that spilling over because it's close enough. It's just oh, you're over talking the about hill. they have something at the amphitheater, yeah. bring it up down there. That's not a bad. Well, idea. here's a, here's and a couple... they're going to have some smaller shows specifically designed yeah. for Centene. Well, mm-hmm. and that's what, and and I think that's one of the cool things about, about that venue is because I think for shows it's going to seat. Somewhere around four to five grand. Yeah. And we did not have a venue of that size, so there would be some cool medium-sized tours that wouldn't make it through town. So who, so who is scheduled to come through there? I know you'll know a handful uh, of them. Well, the, well our, first, our first big summer show there is with the Struts, Glorious Sons, and the Bluestones. So there's that one, but then there's also a Wayback show with- That's not the Toad, is it? The Toad, the Wet Sprocket? With Toad, the Wet Sprocket, Toad, Gin Blossoms, Oh, and, wow. Nah, the headliner is, um, ah, shoot, I, I'm- I'm forgetting it right now, but there's no there's bare naked ladies. There's some really I'm gonna hey, use no. the handy point mobile app oh, and uh, oh, and wow. find out. But I mean, I just I, I think I saw Kesha was on the billboard Kesha there is, too. Kesha's doing the, the first show there, so I think that's just very cool and it's just exciting because again, that's more shows that are going to be coming through here that won't be skipping us to play Kansas City or or you know another one playing Chicago or what have. But you. hence again, Jeff yeah. is. Those are people that will travel from Kansas City, the Springfields, and all around, let alone local people, to come in to watch a show like that. And where are they going to stay? Where are they going to spend their money? Right freaking there. Bam. Yeah. Oh, I've got to ask this. What in the Jesus Christ name went on with the San Antonio Rampage? What's going on with that? I thought we signed a five-year deal with those guys. We did, but the deal is for an affiliation, right? So the deal has nothing to do with ownership of the team. The San Antonio Spurs... The Spurs Entertainment, whatever, owns both the basketball team and the Rampage hockey team. I know this because I actually was playing up and down one year when the Rampage, their inaugural season. And, and so first, that means first season. Yeah, it means okay. the first season, okay. Donnie. I looked okay. it up earlier. Yeah, good. And we'll give them the yeah, little Wikipedia. Yeah, he gave me the game notes there. earlier. Uh, but anyways, so they were awesome. They built this amazing rink or arena facility. Uh, but now they're like they want to move on from hockey. It, whatever reason, maybe it's just become a pain in the butt. Maybe it's you know sucked them financially a little bit. I don't know, but they're moving on. And so they put the team kind of – they didn't put it like on the market like on Craigslist. Hey, team for sale. <laughs> but, you know, through the, 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 the pipelines, you have these teams that come up for sale. And so the Las Vegas Golden Knights decided, well, we're going to purchase that team and we're going to move it to Henderson, Nevada. And the American Hockey League doesn't really care about that. It's not like they have a uh, – you know, some kind of obligation to one specific area. So now that franchise is going to be it'll probably be the Henderson Rampage or something like that, or maybe they'll pretty do something. cool name actually. They'll H- do Henderson something, Rampage, yeah. you know. But now the Blues are left without an affiliate. So like, what none. happens now, so that we don't avoid what happened with the Chicago Wolves a couple years ago, where we don't have control of our own guys? Okay, you kind of maybe just hit the answer right there. The Chicago Wolves, who are currently the minor league team for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, will no longer have an affiliate because obviously they're not going to send their affiliate to Chicago if they own a team. So the Chicago Wolves become available again. Now, it sounds like a great idea, except the Chicago Wolves, and I played there, are an independently run organization. The guy there has more money than most owners in the NHL, maybe all of them. I'm not sure. But wow. so he loves hockey. He's put a great product together there for a the a Wolves long guy. Time. You're talking about the, the Chicago Wolves, Wolves, yeah. And they don't they don't work well per se with the NHL teams because they're about winning. Chicago Wolves want to win. They don't really care about developing your star player. Now they've gotten better over the last handful of years because no longer do teams run independently? 
like they used to. Like Chicago Wolves used to be like, okay, here's four hundred grand to a free agent who's, you know, some older guy like twenty eight, twenty nine. Instead of going to play in Europe, we know you're an NHL third or fourth liner, but here's four hundred grand. You're guaranteed that, so you won't have a two way deal with so and so where you're making seventy five grand in the minors. We'll give you four hundred grand. You just can play in Chicago. So they used to build their team like that, and they won some championships, and it's a great spot to play in the minors. I can tell you, maybe the best. I loved my time there. But the obstacle is working with them because your management team, your coach, they they pick the coach. They have their own GM. It sounds like to me it's hard to work with this guy because, frankly, he doesn't need the NHL. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. And So you know, do you want to get back in bed with the guy again? Well, you may have no choice, right? Like, well, there's no other team available, Jeff, unless you create one. And that's where I think it gets fascinating mm-hmm. that I've been, like, you know, just tossing shit around in my own head. I'm like, <laughs> Kansas City, okay, they currently have the Kansas City Mavericks, which is an East Coast Hockey League team, which is a lower-level minor pro, like the Chill, okay, okay. when they were in, yeah. in existence. We played against the Kansas City Mavericks. Yep. and. So they have a 5,000-seat arena. They have infrastructure already in place with the president and all this stuff. They've got sales. They've got sponsorship. Literally, you'd have to go in there and just turn it into an AHL team. They'd have to be willing to do that because it's probably a little more of a cash cow as an East Coast Hockey League team, just based on the way they can market it and the way they can probably – their margins are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would do. it would bring some clout to Kansas City. But I don't know if they want to do that on their own or if they want to have the Blues as a part of it. Could be an interesting marriage or it could be a disaster. Uh, Second thing, and this is going to hit home for you, Jeff, is I'm like, why don't we put a team at the family arena? Why don't we do that? Like, it is an interesting dynamic, and I I love the family arena, but they weren't the easiest to work with on the lease and some of the things that go through there. But they did spend over a million dollars to get brand new boards and ice and, you know, all the cooling system. And they built out a locker room for the team that was there, the, the St. Charles Chill. They built out the visitor's locker room. So you have something in place. And as much as it might be a pain in the butt to try and build this thing in their same city, the money you could save by having all of your players in the same geographic area. So when you call a guy up, you're not like, oh, we got to call up so-and-so from San Antonio. Hey, hey, uh, Timmy, so and so. Yeah, we know you're at the family arena right now. Pack your gear and get down. Get over to Centene. Yeah, you could grab Six an Uber. Six minutes away. Yeah, you could grab an Uber, right? right? Yeah. yeah, and you know, so I think there's benefits to that. And two things here, and I'm going to go right off Jamie World here. But there's the benefits of the Blues could split staff their current group, so you wouldn't have to hire sales and marketing and all that stuff. You already have that built in. You designate some of the people you currently have to sell both your St. Charles product and your Blues product. Which, which an owner like Tom Stillman would love, Of by course, the way. yeah. Another local team, too, and another local team that the businesses could get behind and maybe split sponsorship between, like, let's say, Enterprise. You know, they have Enterprise Center down there, but you have a little bit of sponsorship to the minor mm-hmm. league team because it's one big happy family, and you're getting the marketing in the same city. So it's not like you're spending your dollars where it won't be relevant. You could get some of the dollars spent in a city where you're you're doing business. Uh, another way to look at it is, like I said, you have the whole staff in place, and then you don't have to go far for your 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 scouting and your development. Doug Armstrong could literally drive over from Centene watching practice with the Blues to watch practice there and see how their guys are developing. Your current coaching staff could hop in their car and drive over, watch practices, be a part of the video. So now your development isn't like, hey, I hope 
Coach so and so is doing a good job with our stuff. No, you're hands on. You're yeah. right there. Could they developing just it. could they just not play at Centene, or is there not mu- uh, enough <laughs> facility there? Probably not enough facility. Like, what did we have in there the other night? Like twenty five hundred, something like that. I yeah. think we had three thousand. Yeah, it was yeah, it was standing room. It's three thousand. I think is what okay. I was told. So I, I don't think that's big enough. I think a minimum requirement for American Hockey League is 5,000-seat uh, arena. Okay. Um, and, you know, obviously the family arena's got, like, what, 10,000 is what it seats. I think it's a perfect venue. I really mm-hmm. do. And I think that geographically in a spot where the demographic of people, you know, not everybody can afford 100 bucks for a blues ticket or 10 bucks for a beer. Yeah. You know, you, you maybe dial that down a little bit. You're still supporting your St. Louis Blues. Right. But you're paying, you know, twelve dollars or fifteen dollars for a ticket. And before, and before we, I know you said you have some emails. Got here a few too. emails. Uh, yeah. Before we get past the, hey, we're going to lose the San Antonio affiliate. We're not losing any of the players. No. In the minors, I would like that to be thrown out to anybody who didn't understand their ownership does not transfer. Uh, no, no. The players okay. are the St. Louis Blues property, okay. so okay. it doesn't I just matter. Wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They don't lose anybody at all. It's just like when they had the split agreement with Chicago. Some guys went to the Wolves. Some guys went just to the Rampage. Yeah. Just a different uniform, and, and this would just be a paper transaction as far as where they're going to play. But they're the Blues property. Okay. So, so did like Doug, real quick, just last thing on this. So, did the Blues have like a heads up that this was coming, or was it just like, hey, it's happening? Because yeah. the arm, the Doug Armstrong statement was. Quite precise. It was. It was very was, short. Was there and, a little no tone to yeah, it? <laughs> just, just seemed very flat. So I just, I, I wondered if they were kind of blindsided by it. I think they were. Yeah. You know, I, uh, everything indicates that they were blindsided a little bit by it. Maybe they had heard some rumblings. I don't know. It's pretty hard to keep something like that like super secret. I would think so. But then again, there's there are non disclosure agreements where people are negotiating and if anybody blurts it out nobody, and, yeah. yeah. So it may have been something where they just picked up the phone and then were like, Hey Doug, by the way, we just sold the team. Uh hey, thanks a lot for your confidence over the last couple of years. This makes my Rampage Clem Costin jersey worth that much more <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Just saying. Limited edition collector's right. item. Yeah. Is that the one you sleep in every night? Uh, on. Oh, not in. Oh, on. yes, that's right. Well, I wouldn't do I've these, seen those pictures. I <laughs> want to do these listener emails before we go, but I think that, you know, for the really, I, honestly, for the first time probably in this hockey season, I mean, there is some, some adversity. I mean, I can't see the first time adversity because of all the injuries and things, but the team has definitely reached a point where they're not playing as well as they have. And, uh, I'm not panicking, but I am concerned. But I also keep thinking in the back of my head, and we talked about this yesterday, Jeff, these fucking dudes have played a lot of hockey over the course of the last year. It had to catch up to them at some point or the other. I'm not hitting a panic button, and I know you're going to think I'm crazy for even thinking about panicking. Look look at his face. He can't wait to tear both of us down. (laughs) I see it. I know you well enough. He's getting ready to pounce. (laughs) I'm not hitting the panic button, but I know where in the room the panic button is. Just in case I need to jump on it with both hands. You've like located just it. Got right. to the top got, of the tower. I got a visual. Ninja on it. Warrior. <laughs> boom. I'm going to hit it. I know where the button is, but I'm with Donia. I just, you just go, ooh, that lead is slipping away. And I don't know where the solution is at this point. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not willing to touch the panic button. I'm not even going to ask you for directions and where it is, Jeff. Okay. Uh, That's good. I like that. If you watch the games and if you compare some of the analytics, the Blues are playing almost as well as they were when they were winning. There's a couple of little things where 
you know, Craig Berube, we had a chance to talk to him yesterday, and I had the chance personally, which is another advantage of being at Centene, is you're sitting there, you're able to communicate with these guys all the time. And I had that chance to talk to one of the coaches as well, one of the other coaches, and he's like, you know, this time last year, maybe a little bit earlier, we're going over 100 clips of video internally trying to figure out what are we doing wrong, and we're not playing the right way, and we're not doing things the way we should be. And he's like, we're, we're searching now. We're like literally trying to find mistakes. And yeah, they're there. And we're finding the turnovers. We're finding the, the loose play in the defensive zone, but not in bunches like everybody thinks it is. So he said, look, we're a little puck unlucky right now. Vince Dunn the other night, Robert Thomas makes a fantastic pass, a wide open net. He misses it, would have made it 3-0. Mm-hmm. Then it's 2-1, to one, and then Colton Pareko misses a wide open net from Robert Thomas again. That would have made it 3-1 to one at the time. It keeps creating this, you know, if you put those pucks in, it's a different game. Right. And, and, yeah, are they getting a little loose in the defensive zone? They are. And the reason you can tell that is pucks are traveling through the middle of the ice. Ordinarily, when the Blues play lockdown hockey or Blues hockey, they shut down that middle of the ice. They keep you to the outside. They limit you to those, you know, not very dangerous scoring chances. Like half boards, corners, that sort of thing. Yeah, just on the outside. Jordan Bennington's square to the puck. He doesn't have to move. He doesn't have any big rebounds. But the number one thing in the NHL these days, because the goalies are so good and so big, is you want to move the goalie. A little bit. Every time you move the goalie, something opens up. It's just the way it is. He has to open up somewhere to move from side to side. So now by the Blues allowing other teams to move the puck east-west through the middle of the ice, Jordan Bennington has to move. Therefore, when he's moving, the motion itself opens him up and the rebound control is less. So that's I what, have noticed the rebounds. So honestly. that's kind of what happens. If you don't lock down the middle of the ice, you're, you're just making it harder on your goalie. And Jordan Bennington is still making a ton of saves. And the other night in the first period against the Dallas Stars, he was incredible. Without Jordan Bennington, they're not even in the game. He made some post-to-post saves. But, you know, because you're not as locked down as you should be, you're giving up these opportunities, and teams are exposing it a little bit. And then the one or two bad bounces, well, they become magnified because you've let that happen and you're not on your game. So I'm not worried. They're still generating some chances. They did go over a a goal-scoring video yesterday, which is you know kind of common for some teams, but I, I heard it was really well done to where they put together a number of highlights of how they've scored goals from the last calendar year, and the guys were really jacked up about it. And sometimes just getting that mental visual again of how what you've done and what's been successful can help. I think that this trip is going to be great. You know, a couple things. It's a dad's trip to St. Louis Blues. In the last two dad's trips in a row, they've been extremely successful. And specifically last year where they went down into Tampa and all that, they won a huge game in overtime against the Lightning, who were unbeatable at the time. So I, I think everything right now is falling at the right time. They get out of Dodge, get away from a little bit of the pressure cooker because we've been spoiled, and we expect them to win every single freaking game now. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. They it's get out to Anaheim right? where it's going to be less of a microscope. They play there. Then they go to Vegas, have a little fun as a team. The dads are there. They're going to have to put leashes on their dads, I imagine. <laughs> but it'll be fun, right? Yeah. yeah. I predict that they come out of the funk here on the road right now against Anaheim. In your uh, opinion, who's in goal tonight? Uh, I think Jake Allen will get the start. Really, I really do. And it, I, you know, Craig Berube, and this is just me, you know, my guess, of course, or my opinion. I think he's going to say something like, "Look, this has nothing to do with Jordan Bennington. We had 
Jake Allen scheduled to play against Anaheim, and he probably did. It's the dad's trip. Jake Allen's going to play one of these games, or you're the biggest uh, asshole around. That's a great <laughs> right? point. Yeah, so that's a great point. When you earmark these dad's trips, you look at it and you go, okay, it's probably a, a series where we can split the goalies and make sure that one guy gets a game. And so I think that that's what will happen uh, on this trip is Jake Allen will see Anaheim. I think Bennington will see Vegas. I I, uh, I don't remember who it was last year when the, the player on the Blues team was talking about, you know, how elevated the game is when their dads are on that trip. And they, he said something about, you think I want to go and deal with him after I deal with the press? <laughs> it's like, yeah. no way, man. Well, your but dads think, are still your dads, right? Like, what the hell were you doing on that play? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I just, it was such an amazingly human moment there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, dude's 20-whatever years old, an NHL player, and like, shit, man, if I give that puck up, I'm going to have to hear it from my dad, too. <laughs> Speaking of dads, I don't know who I was watching. I was watching a non-Blues game. It was either last night or the night before. Last night was Monday, right? So I think, I don't know. But uh, somebody was making their NHL debut, and they showed the guy's dad in, in the in the stands, and he was an NHLer, but like a cup of coffee-ish kind of guy, and his face was all beat up. The dad's was. Did you see this? Yeah. And, I can't and, remember who it and was. And the guy was like leaning forward like this when they showed him, and his, he had a black eye and a mark and all this other stuff, and somebody said that he took a puck in the eye the night before in a stick-and-puck game or something. Yeah, I forget Whoa. the player's yeah. name. He plays for the Columbus Blue Jackets, That's who and the Columbus, dad was yeah. in the crowd, and he panned over, and like they always try to find the parents and look, and this guy looked like he'd been in a car crash. <laughs> See, I th- I thought I was like, did it, did you really get hit with a puck? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, you he got hit in the eye with a puck playing a men's league game. Yeah, Which, yeah. you know, it's not impossible. But every men's league game I played in, they make you wear a, a shield. Or oh, something. do they? Yeah. Oh, well, then again, I'm the beginners. Six, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're not all NHLers, Rivers. My yeah, God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't go there, Fandango. All right, all right. So I got a couple. We got a couple emails here. You can always send them over. Uh, LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. Last minute blues podcast at 1057thepoint.com. Hey guys, I really enjoy the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to do it. I always wondered if the jerseys and/or equipment the players wear is custom size to them or is it just the normal sizes you can buy at the store and then tailor to each player and that's from ben and that's a really freaking good question you know what and and i I probably know the answer but it's they're the anti-baseball players because the baseball players you you know they have all those like custom down oh 100 and stuff like that so i can't imagine the nhlers do that do they yeah no no uh now some of the gear you get used to and some of the the models that you wear you know, are, are they fit you better for elbow pads, shoulder pads, helmets? But nothing is custom made. The only thing that you get custom these days is the skates, um, and that's not even every brand. It's some of them you can you, they put your foot in like a little vacuum thing, and it like molds it around your foot. So when they build the skate, it's an exact um, kind of like the inner ear thing for yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff. Yeah. So they do that so that you have an exact mold of your foot in the skate, uh, and then the gloves are. Probably a little more customized to where, you know, what cuff you like and, and what flex and, and how loose you like the palms, what leather you like, um, and then the stick. Of did course. you did you go through the Nike uh, skates? Because I think that was right around your era. That I actually had the, the swoosh. I was one of the first guys. To that's get, what I thought. to get signed yeah, by that's Nike. What I thought. Was yeah. it was it, was it Fedorov that wore those two? Fedorov was the yeah. first, and then when they came out, like Nike tried to make a splash with all these like crazy colors and different graphics, yeah. and they wanted to be recognized. And so, not a lot of guys were like, I guess, too eager because it's a brand new equipment factory or manufacturer. And the graphics were a little wild at the time. 
And so they approached me, I guess, to look at the guy with all the tattoos before anybody had right, tattoos. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, this guy's got to be our guy. <laughs> well, right? and your skates go so slow, they could see that it says Nike on them. It's a good point. It's a, that's actually really very relevant to the conversation. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I ruined Donnie, so you better keep talking. I, uh, you saw me the other night. They're not oh, moving slow. Dude, I didn't even know that was you. That's right. I couldn't even see you. A little bar down on the penalty shot. How, how about many, them apples? And how many, how many goals did you score? Two. Yeah, was, okay. Seems like more. I'm sorry, man. That just yeah, bar down just on the penalty you. shot was pretty impressive. On yeah. Mike McKenna. Yeah, who just retired. Just retired. By so, the way. yeah. So, hey, how about them apples? Okay? That was pretty sweet. Yeah. See, I saw McKenna yesterday where I guess he was the backup goalie in practice, and then he had to do the, the interview for the coaches because yeah. he's on the yeah. TV broadcast. Yeah, yeah. So, he went in with his pads on. He went with his gear on. <laughs> but, yeah, nice. Nike came in, and uh, I was head to toe in Nike stuff. And it was really the coolest deal because they gave you a catalog on top of throwing you a few bucks. And they were like, anything you want from the catalog year-round. So, I had a closet in my basement that I just kept it stocked, like for birthdays and Christmas. Yeah. And everybody I know had Nike, like T-shirts, golf shirts, golf shoes. And even they started getting to the golf clubs and things like that. So, yeah, it was amazing when it came through. We need that kind of sponsorship here on this show. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, by the way, Nike. We are open for sponsorships. <laughs> Adidas, Nike. Oh, I mean, I'd know. rather have Adidas all day long, but I'll take their money. See, you hear that, Nike? All right, so we got Alan here asking. Went, ah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we got Alan here. I'm a diehard Blues fan, but let's be honest, the 05 through 09 teams were hard to watch. Uh, when I saw Ovechkin score the goal against Gretzky's Coyotes, I knew he was something special and also became a Capitals fan. What other teams or players are you all a fan of, watch, root for, except for the Blues, of course? I have a really tough time watching anyone in the Western Conference and liking anyone in the Western Conference. I don't know anything about conferences necessarily, but I could tell you what, you know who's making me watch non-Blues hockey every single time I see him is the Kachuk that's on the Calgary Flames. Oh, did you see that goal he scored last night? I'm sorry, but you can call this guy a douche for doing what he does, but the dude is making me watch call hockey him a douche. even more. Okay. I'm saying people may. No, I know, I'm but saying. here I want to go back to that whole Cassian Kachuk thing. People are like, oh, he it's turtled. It's great for hockey, man. Okay, but he turtled and this and that. Well, the next fucking time they played, he fought him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He fought him, okay? Did he lose the fight? Yeah, probably. Yes, but, but, but he, yeah, he went, since after, then, he went though, after him right at the drop of the right. puck, right? That, he wanted to go yeah. right at the opening draw, and mm-hmm. Cassian said, no, not right now. And then he went again later on right when the puck was dropped, and, and then they fought. Is it worse penalty-wise if you go right at the beginning of no. the game? That's not even No, it just means you worse. mean business. Like, let's just, let's get this out of the way. But but the but the, the uh, refs aren't going to go, hey, this was a setup, you're out of the game or anything like no. that, right? Okay. Well, you let okay. the puck drop. If right. you fight sure. before the puck drop, there's an extra penalty or whatever. But okay. most guys, even the refs, they see you drop your gloves, they'll throw the puck down because they're like, this ain't worth it. Got right. it. Got it. <laughs> but he's had, he's had four fights since that incident. Matthew Kachuk has. Guess how many fights Milan Lucic has had? Fucking zero. Yeah. yeah. Where was he during this whole Calgary-Edmonton debacle? Right. He's acting like, oh, nobody wanted to fight me. Yeah, guess what? You go find one. You go and, make and somebody. not a small dude no, He's one of the toughest guys in the NHL, where he was, anyways. But now it's just disappointing where you have your star young player who is in the middle of all this bullshit that he's created, but then he answers the bell and then he's got no support system on that. Like, where and are your other he's guys? he's scoring highlight reel goals and highlight reel fights. And he's a leader on that team. He is the franchise right now. Is like he when the one you, that just signed a long-term deal? Yeah, year? he signed like a five-year deal. I think that uh, he, I think he had the option to go or the opportunity maybe to go higher, but he bank, he's banking on himself. So, you know, five years takes him right up to probably free agency. And then after that, like, it's going to be freaking hit the bank. He, he just reminds me of his dad. Yeah. 
Walt was a shit disturber. He's Walt, more talented than yeah, Walt. I was going to say, with, with all due ah, respect, yeah. I think he's got better hands. Than he does Walt. have better hands and better vision. Uh, now, Walt was probably, well, not probably, Walt was a better finisher mm-hmm. as far as goal scoring goes. Um, but Matthew plays that rugged style. I mean, they really are close as far as a blueprint. If you look at a Kachuk model, He's definitely a Kitchuk model, and so is Brady, who plays up yeah. in Ottawa. Yeah. He's the same way. They're going to have to put more weight on, though, both of those kids, though, right? Well, Brady I mean, is like 225 oh, right now. He? Okay, That's okay. The thing. I think you just like, don't know he's that they're that big. And Matthew's 215. Really? He looks like a rail. Yeah, I'll no. Be darned, he's 6'2, 215. Brady's 6'3, 225. We'll Damn. see you boys in St. Louis in about five years. I'm just saying. <laughs> I would love it. Wouldn't that be great? That would be oh God, and, and this, just this play. I mean, if that those kinds of things happening is just going to continue to make hockey the thing here. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just such a great great time. We talk about it all the time. But anyway, here I, and Jamie, you talked about this last week, but I do. I, I'm I'm bringing it back up because I do think it's worth mentioning with the trade di- deadline right around the corner. Hey, uh, could you guys, most likely Jamie, uh, explain what happens to the salary cap when a player goes on long term injury reserve? Since Tarasenko is out, and they can use that uh, uses cap space. What happens when they come back and they are over the cap? Okay, so. Long-term injury reserve lets you take that guy's salary and basically wash it off the books, okay? So the Blues could technically go out and get another $7 million player today. Now, the only time that impacts the Blues is if Tarasenko comes back during the regular season. Now they'll be over the cap or they have a 24-hour window to where they have to get back to be... Um, you You'd know. have to get rid of some salary, in other words. Exactly. Yeah, You'd have to yeah. get back under the cap so they'd have to make some massive changes. So... The only way I see this working is if they keep Vladdy on long-term injury reserve until the regular season's over, and then they activate him two days before the playoffs start. That means that your salary cap is a wash. There's no more salary cap come playoff time, which would mean that they could, in theory, go out and get another $7 million player between now and the deadline and add that player to the lineup, and then have Vladdy come back at playoffs and have these two $7 million players, it's a little bit of a loophole right now in the whole system. But everybody uses it, is aware of it, all that stuff. They're aware of it. The only team that I know in recent history that's really used it was Patrick Kane with the Chicago Blackhawks the one year he was hurt, and then he Mm -hmm. ended up coming back. They ended up winning the Cup that year, so it kind of worked out for him. Um, But, yeah, so we'll see. And this is why the the Chris Kreider stuff comes up and and some of the higher names. Uh, Taylor Hall at the time had come up is because you do have that available to you. Now, the catch is that Vladdy looks like he's doing pretty good. Uh, I'm not saying he's back next week or two weeks from now, but I think he's going to probably be ready before the end of the season, and that will be a decision then. Well, do we bring him back um, beforehand? And it'll depend on what they trade for. So there's a lot of things that happen. So before getting too confusing about the what-ifs and trying to keep track of it, here's the rule. The rule is you can acquire a player at any point because you've washed that number off. So if it's $6 million, you deduct that from the salary cap, you can go get a player of up to $6 million. But when your $6 million player comes back, you have to get you under, have to the, get cap under the cap again. So something has to happen. Deadline's the 23rd? Trade deadline? I think so. Yeah, I think that's what we've said before. I think they, it is, yeah. Yeah, they put it on my dad's birthday this year. That's right. So here, here's my thing. If... If he goes out and he gets somebody like a seven million dollar guy, that that tells us the general public that we're not going to see Vladdy until the playoffs. 
Well, yeah, essentially. I mean, unless yeah. unless yeah. he's made some other deal to get rid of seven yeah, million somewhere else, like maybe yeah. one or two players. Well, it wouldn't be one. It would have to be two players combined going back another direction. I'd but, be okay with that. Would you be okay with that? No. You wouldn't. I wouldn't be okay with that, would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to side with the guy that knows what he's talking about. Well, no, it just – the only reason I would say no is just because I like all of the pieces as is now. I would. I just no, want no, to be I adding do to too. the puzzle, not subtract. I didn't even mean the adding the person. I mean, I'd be okay with not seeing Tarasenko until the playoffs. Oh, okay. I thought sorry, you were, that question sorry, dude, was you'd be okay with losing two of the current guys. No, for a, no, no, yeah, no. That's what I thought. I, I was, was like, nah, I'm not. On, I'm, I'm not down with no, that. No, I'm saying I'm not. I'm not the guy that says, oh, we need to get Tarasenko uh, game ready before the playoffs. I think he's game ready. I just He'll want be, you to he will be. He'll be fine if that's the direction they go to where they bring on another guy. It will allow them to reintroduce him kind of a little bit slower to the lineup. Um, and if they don't go get another guy, well, I bet you he comes back before the end of the regular season then. They yeah. will want to get him a couple of right. games. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, as as uh, we just did, the listener email, send them on over, lmbp at 1057thepoint.com, last minute blues podcast at 1057thepoint.com, and uh, we'll do this again next week. Yeah, by the way, real quickly, when we talk about sponsorships yeah. and stuff, I know uh, Gretzky with his number 99 whiskey has been, not Gretzky himself, but his people, have been talking about maybe – doing something with us here from a sponsorship standpoint. Oh, yeah? So I would like everybody who listens to this to go buy a bottle of it, number 99 Whiskey, uh-huh. and then post pictures uh, and tag the Last Minute Blues podcast so we can rope them in that way and say, look, all of our listeners already drink the whiskey. That's a great Let's idea. do this. I you love guys it. need me to make a call to Gretz? That'd be great. That, I mean, that, I, I have talked to him in before when he's had a couple of too that, many whiskeys. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be fantastic. All right. All right. I'll have to dig up old pictures. <laughs> Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point, our buddy, former Blue, and a member of the 101 ESPN team, Jamie Rivers. Last Minute Blues podcast, another episode in the books. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In With Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.